0: Thank you, thank you. It's, uh, it's, it's great to be here and you did it. You uh, survived uh, the spring forward Sunday, you lost an hour of sleep and you're here on time unless you were trying to be here at the early service. In that case, you haven't set your clock forward yet. I'm gonna give you a little tip. Nobody likes to lose an hour of sleep. What I do is instead of setting my clock ahead an hour ahead on Saturday night, I set my clock one minute ahead for 60 days. So there's a little life hack for you. It works, but I've been really early for some appointments this past week. So um, there you go, take it or leave it. Um, so uh, as David mentioned, I worked with the South Carolina Baptist Convention. Really our, our goal is to support churches across South Carolina and help them fulfill the Great Commission. And then our team specifically, uh, we wanna help churches see their communities clearly and then as they see the community clearly, we want to support them with training or resourcing, helping them to, uh, to launch hopefully healthy, successful ministries. And so the serve team really covers ev- any kind of outside of the church ministry. So think of disaster relief or heart for schools, uh, a, a host of poverty ministries, uh, hunger. Um, we have uh, ESL, English as second language classes, foster and adoption ministry. So a wide range of ministries and really it's just our our job just to help support the church. Um, So we're gonna be in Luke chapter eight, but I wanna share a quick story with you as you're turning there. Um, Before moving to South Carolina, my family and I moved here almost four years ago. Before moving here, we were missionaries with the North American Mission Board um, in a poverty impacted inner city community in Des Moines, Iowa. I know you think Iowa and you think inner city. So we were there for 18 years, just absolutely loved the ministry, but it was a difficult ministry, so it in, in some ways, you know, it, it took from our soul. And, and when we came off the field there and came to South Carolina, we were just ready for some refresh and some recharge. And uh, we heard pretty immediately after, after getting to South Carolina that Shane and Shane were gonna be uh, having a concert nearby. Nearby being Jacksonville, Florida, but that was a lot closer than we, when we were in Iowa. And so uh, Shane and Shane, if you don't know them, they're a, a worship duo, almost as good as Putt and Dillam. Uh, and honestly, you guys are blessed to, 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 to have them lead you to worship each week, they're, they're great. Um, so we went down to Jacksonville to see Shane and Shane, and um, uh, I guess we were just super excited uh, to get there, but we got there way too early. Uh, we pulled up to the church, almost no one was there. They weren't even receiving people yet. Um, And so we just sat in the car for a while. Then we said, wow, we we need to use the bathroom. I'm sure the church will let us. So again, super early, we go in, there's a few people around, but no no big deal. So we went and used the restroom. And when we came out of the restroom, we heard Shane and Shane warming up. And so we kind of lingered a minute. They had a window in the back of the auditorium. And so we stood by that window and watched and listened. And then one of us, I don't know who, uh, I'm gonna blame my wife since I can't remember, said, hey, wonder if the door's open, we could just go in and sit down. Yeah, why don't we do that? So the door was open and we came right down front, sat right in front and listened to Shane and Shane warm up. And it was just, man, it was just... Uh, it was a gift to our soul to, to, to sit there. And remember, we just came in to use the bathroom. That's all we needed. But yet we're experiencing this, right? Some people from the church were wearing lanyards. They looked at us weird. I think they thought we were with Shane and Shane. Some people with Shane and Shane looked at us kind of weird. I think they thought we were with the church. It worked out. So finally, they finished warming up and leave. And I look at my watch and I'm like, where is everybody? This, the concert's supposed to start in like 15 minutes, Oh no, maybe the doors are locked now and everybody's waiting. And about that time, all the doors in the back of the sanctuary opened up and hundreds of people come rushing in. Hundreds of people. Meanwhile, we're sitting right here. They're looking for a good seat. We're sitting here. Um, I don't know if you've ever snuck into a Christian concert and worshiped Jesus at the same time. But it's possible. So there, put that on your bucket list. Um, I tell you that story today because literally we weren't trying to sneak in. I mean, eventually we did, but originally we just wanted to use the bathroom. That's all we came for. But we got so much more than what we came for. I tell you that story because there's a lady that encounters Jesus and she had a plan. She had a purpose, uh, but Jesus had more for her than she could imagine. So Luke chapter eight, uh, we're gonna be, begin reading in in the end of verse 42. Let me tell you just a quick background. This is gonna be a story within a story. So Jesus is walking down the road and Crowds are pressing against him. Remember, everywhere Jesus went, crowds pressed against him because they wanted to see a miracle. They wanted to hear him teach with power. They wanted to see what was happening next. And so crowds are pressing against him. Jairus, a ruler of a synagogue, came up and begged Jesus, said, my daughter is sick. She's dying. I need you to come heal her. And so Jesus is heading that direction to Jairus' house. But before he gets there, then we encounter this lady in the end of verse 42. As Jesus went, the people pressed around him and there was a woman who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. And although she had spent all her living on, a, on physicians, she could not be healed by anyone. So she came up behind Jesus and touched the fringe of his garment and immediately her bleeding stopped. And Jesus said, who was it that touched me? When all denied it, Peter said, Master, the crowds the crowds surround you and are pressing in on you. But Jesus said, no, someone touched me for I perceive power has gone out from me. Verse 47, when the woman saw that she could no longer go unnoticed, she came trembling and falling down before him, declared in the presence of all the people why she had touched him and how she had been immediately healed. And he said to her, daughter. Your faith has healed you. Go in peace. Um, If you'll do me a favor, if you'll use your imagination this morning, I want you to just picture this scene. Uh, Sometimes, I I, I don't know if you're like me, I get in the habit of just reading through a story fairly quickly. Um, But when I slow down and I visualize what's happening, and, and really kind of identify with those that are, are encountering Jesus, I think Jesus uses that for me to, to speak deeper in, in, into my life. And so if you'll just think with me this morning, what that felt like, Jesus going down the dusty, dirty road, and the crowds pressing against him, waiting for something to happen, and this lady approaches. So let's talk about this lady. It said she had an issue of blood for 12 years. I'm just gonna be honest with you. I don't like to have a headache for more than like an hour. You know, give me something, let's stop this. But for 12 years, she had this this illness, this ailment, this issue of blood that plagued her and she couldn't get away from it. She went to the doctor, said she spent all she had on physicians and no one could heal her. Can you identify with that? Have you ever been to the doctor? You're looking for an answer for something and you leave frustrated, you know, because they couldn't get you an answer, or they couldn't get you treatment. For 12 years, this was her experience. Had to be desperate and devastating, right? But more than just um, having an ailment and wishing that it would go away, because it was an issue of blood, that created a whole different uh, situation for her. Uh, Because, you know, it's not so much in, in our time, but in this time, uh, there were significant laws and, and parameters around people who were unclean. And because she had an issue of blood, because she had encountered blood, she was unclean. And so you would be unclean. The laws were different, you know, for sometimes it was one day, sometimes it was seven days. But because she had such a consistent issue with blood, she had been unclean for 12 years. Again, it's not our culture, so we don't, we don't, we don't grasp the gravity of it, right? Um, so because she was unclean, she couldn't be around people. So that means she couldn't go to the market. She couldn't hang out, you know, with friends uh, uh, in in the afternoon. It, it doesn't say if she had a husband or children, but if she did, she couldn't be around them because to be around them would make them unclean, right? She There was no place that she was welcome. She wasn't even welcome at church. She couldn't go to the synagogue, right? Because what happens on the inside of church, as we all know, is clean. And what happens on the outside of church is unclean. And um, she wasn't allowed to be in there because maybe her uncleanliness would make them unclean. And so you, you start to get a sense of the desperation that she felt. And I don't know if you could even imagine a scenario where you couldn't be around other people. Can you even fathom that for a minute? Is that any, any reality for anybody? Except the thing about our issue right now with the pandemic, especially when it first started, uh, everybody said, we're in this together, right? We're in this together. Every, every thing I've bought at every store wanted me to know that we're in this together. Well, that was not her her situation. She was in this alone. Life kept going. She was the only one that couldn't get around anybody. So I had to be lonely, desperate. She was the very definition of outcast, marginalized, the other. But she heard that Jesus might be able to change that. And so she came up with this like real mission impossible plan. She was going to approach Jesus, which was... Dangerous because if she was spotted, right, then she would be the the crowd would say, unclean, unclean, stay away. So she, I picture her with her head covered and her face down, and she really succeeded. She snuck through the crowd and she touched Jesus' coat, and then she shrunk back into the place she was comfortable, into the darkness, away from people. And all she came for was for her bleeding to stop. And when she touched Jesus, her bleeding stopped. The end. Story's over for her. But then Jesus goes and makes this huge ordeal. Right? Can you picture this? She's she finally did it. It succeeded, and Jesus stops. And I can picture him like creating this space around him. Hey, so who touched me? Some somebody touched me. I think it's funny that everybody denied it. You know, I, I didn't. I didn't do it. And then Peter steps in. He's like. Look, Jesus, there's a lot of people around here. I'm sure we've inadvertently bumped shoulders. You know, he's explaining the situation. And Jesus said, no, somebody touched me on purpose with intentionality because I perceived power went out from me. Who touched me? Man, picture her for a minute. She got what she came for, her bleeding stopped. She's ready just to leave, right? I, I'm Mission accomplished. And he stops and he creates this scene and he just keeps saying, who touched me? Somebody touched me. Verse 47, it says, when she realized she could no longer go unnoticed, right? That was the plan, to go unnoticed. When she realized she could no longer go unnoticed, she came trembling, falling down at Jesus' feet. So my question is, why did Jesus make this scene? Why didn't he just let her? The, the bleeding stopped. Why didn't he just let her go? He created the scene. He obviously wanted her to come back into the space he created and testify. That was his purpose, but why? What could she offer the crowd that Jesus himself couldn't offer? I feel like he's pretty capable, pretty competent, right? I feel like he could offer them um, keys to the kingdom. He could offer them, this is what God's love is like. He could offer them theology. He could offer them anything they needed. What what did she have that only she had? She was the only person that could tell her perspective. She was the only person that in that crowd of people knew what it felt like to feel the power of Jesus flow into her. Like other people might describe it or tell you it's possible, but she felt it. Jesus said, I I perceived that power left me. Well, it went to her, right? So she was the only person that could tell her perspective. And so she comes in with fear and trembling and she proclaims what she had done and how she had been healed. Don't, don't miss this. The lady who was not welcome anywhere, the lady who couldn't go to church, the lady who was the outcast, the other, the marginalized, the lady who didn't belong, became church, in the middle of the street, she proclaimed to all the people the power of Jesus. Man, Jesus has a way of reconciling all things to himself. She came for her bleeding to stop and was content to leave. But Jesus stopped the whole show and said, he, somebody touched me. He called her back in to testify. That's, that's powerful. You and I get comfortable sometimes because there are things that we want from Jesus. I want forgiveness, I want some encouragement, I want this, I want, you know, what whatever. And we're content to receive that and then just go about our business. And Jesus consistently, consistently calls us back for more. And I believe he's creating spaces for us that we uniquely can step into and fill. And that's what this lady did. And after she made this proclamation and told all the people there what had happened, verse 48, Jesus said, daughter, your faith has healed you. He says the word daughter there. So I had a friend in college who literally, I don't think he ever started a sentence in his life that didn't start with dude. So he would say, dude, I'm hungry. Or dude, let's get out of here. Or just sometimes dude, right? Period. So if Jesus went around calling everybody daughter, then this probably isn't very important. But I want you to know this is the only recorded time in scripture that Jesus used the term daughter. We've got to assume, we've got to believe that Jesus made this choice, right? This was on purpose, because he didn't go around calling everybody daughter. So in this moment, this outcast, band, um, unwelcome woman comes into his presence and proclaims his power. He looks at her and calls her daughter. How do you think that felt for her? To be unwelcome, 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 and Jesus calls her daughter. I, I really think he did that to to bring some healing to her soul. Um, You have not been welcome, but in my presence, you're my daughter. You're more than welcome. You're my daughter. We're family. We're connected. I think he probably said it for the crowd too, because two minutes earlier, had they seen her, they would have pushed her back out. You don't belong. You don't belong. You're unclean. And Jesus tells tells the crowd, She's, she's with me, we're family. We're all in this together. Um, I'm challenged by that scene because the church and I'm of the church, the church, um, we are pretty good at deciding who gets to come in and who has to stay out. Who's clean, who's unclean, who's welcome, who's unwelcome, who's within God's reach. And even though we wouldn't say it out loud, who's probably outside of God's reach? And we create these, you know, in-and out scenario, and Jesus stops all of that and says, "No, no, 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 we're all. Everybody's welcome. Come. I just want to stop for a minute and say, um, if at this point you can really identify with this lady, maybe you have felt like an outsider? Maybe you've never walked into a room that you belong, that you feel like you belong. Maybe you've never walked into church and felt like you belong. Uh, Please uh, hear Jesus' words here and hear his heart. Um, He looks at you not with condemnation. He doesn't tell you to get back out of the circle. He calls you daughter or son. He welcomes you into his family. That's just important for us to remember that, that, we are his, and he's invited us into his presence. I wonder if this lady had left. like she didn't have to come back into the circle. Um, had she left, she uh, the bleeding would have stopped, but she would have missed this in 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 this space. If you look at verse forty four, Verse 44, she touches Jesus' coat and her bleeding stops immediately, but it's not until verse 48 that Jesus says, daughter, your faith has healed you. So verse 44, her bleeding stops. Verse 48, Jesus pronounces this blessing of healing on her. Why the delay? If I'm telling the story, I would say, oh, her bleeding stops, she's healed. But Jesus waits until verse 48. So what happened in between 44 and 48? What happened was she came back in and proclaimed the good news. She proclaimed the power of Jesus. And there is something in that proclamation. There is something in that obedience, us stepping into the space Jesus has created that brings healing to us. You to think about the 10 lepers that approached Jesus. Uh, Jesus cleansed them all, nine left. One came back to Jesus to say, thank you. But they all 10 still were, were cleansed, right? One came back, Jesus didn't tell the other nine, well, you didn't say thank you, so zap. You know, he didn't like give them leprosy again. She could have left and her bleeding would have stopped. That's all she came for. But Jesus offered more. And through fear and trembling, she obediently stepped into that space and proclaimed the good news of Jesus. And Jesus says, daughter, your faith has healed you. I, I firmly believe that Jesus He's creating spaces for us to step into. And sometimes we miss it. We just go about our business. We go to church. We go here. We go here. We go to work. And and we we don't have eyes to see what's happening. Or we have eyes to see, but we're just too fearful. I'm sure she was fearful to step into this space that Jesus created, but she did step into that space and her life was transformed. So my question for you, my challenge for us is... What spaces is God creating for us? Not only Lake Murray Baptist, but you specifically. You were created with a purpose. You have gifts, talents, and abilities that other people don't have. You have relationship networks that other people don't have. And Jesus is creating spaces for you to step in because you're the only one that can fill that space to be able to say what needs to be said or do what needs to be done. So what does that look like? I I saw recently South Carolina Department of Education um, put out a statement that said they estimate that seven out of 10 second grade through eighth grade South Carolina students, seven out of 10 will not meet grade level proficiency this spring because of the pandemic, because of all the challenges with education right now. Seven out of 10 will not meet the grade level proficiency I feel like that's a space that that God is creating for His church to step into, right? Did you know that one out of five children in South Carolina uh, are in poverty? One out of six children in South Carolina are food insecure. That means they don't know where their next meal is coming from, or the food they have is so nutritionally um, absent. You know, they're eating Hot Cheetos for dinner only. That feels like a space that God is creating for his church to step into and do something, right? As you know, in Richland County alone, there are 400 children in foster care and there is a need for an additional 200 homes, 200 additional families are needed here in Richland County. Man, it just, it feels like that's a space that Jesus is creating and inviting his church, inviting us to step into and do what needs to be done. Now we can get our, our, our forgiveness and leave. That's, I guess that's, that's within the rules, right? But if you want an abundant life, if you want a life moving daily with the Father, step by step with Jesus, he invites us into this space. That's what a follower is. It's somebody who moves from receiver to a proclaimer, to a leader of people, to a minister. And that—that's the challenge. That's what God is inviting us into. So my challenge for you today is to to be intentional about looking in your community, at work, at school, in your family, things that burden you, things that break your heart. It's okay just to pray for somebody and keep going, but I would, I would imagine that when we, our, heart, our hearts are broken, when we are burdened for something or someone, I would imagine that that is Jesus creating a space for us and abiding us in. Um, There have been many times where Jesus has invited me into this space and I've been too afraid to step into it, or I've been too busy, or I've just missed it. But the moments that I did step into the space he created and I proclaimed his his love or his power, or I've welcomed those that feel unwelcomed, um, Those are the moments that I know why I was created. Those are the moments that that I'm living the abundant life because I'm walking step for step with Jesus. And that's what he offers us. Let me pray for us. Thanks for checking out this message from Lake Murray Baptist Church. Lake Murray Baptist Church is a Southern Baptist Church located in Lexington, South Carolina. For more information about our church, you can go to our website, lakemurraybc.org. For more ministry resources like the one you just watched, you can subscribe to our YouTube channel or check out any of our church social media pages. This ministry resource and all of our ministry resources are brought to you by the faithful tithes and offerings of our church members. To give to the ministry of Lake Murray Baptist Church, you can go to our website and click the giving tab at the top of the page. Thank you for watching and we hope that you'll share this with your family and friends.